0: Talked to the pastor today. Um, He'll be heading back home tomorrow, leaving tomorrow. Uh, There have been many of them uh, saved. Uh, There have been people healed. Uh, A lot of things that he was wanting to get accomplished has been accomplished, and it was a very fruitful uh, trip for him. Now, He did eat the wrong thing one time, and he got real, real sick while he was there. I just found that out today. He um, had food poisoning. But if you know our pastor, he was still preaching. He was still ministering, still praying for people. And I can just imagine. Well, really, I can't. (laughs) But uh, he's okay now. So... uh, Uh, It'd be good to get him back home, amen? Uh, But he should be flying in sometime Friday uh, during the daytime. Um, I think for his announcements, we've got men's breakfasts coming Saturday, I believe. Uh, JV's got good breakfasts, and there's always good fellowship for the men. Um, Anybody else knows of another announcement? I guess that's it for now. Um, before I get started, I want to say a word of prayer. Lord, I love you tonight, and I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of standing in front of your people tonight. Lord, I pray that as I minister the Word of God, I pray, Lord, that you would just anoint my lips and my heart and my understanding, Lord, that I may Speak the word that you want, Lord. Not not what comes out of my heart, Lord, but what comes out of your heart. I pray, Lord, God, that we all will be able to receive what you have for us tonight. I give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. i uh, title of my sermon tonight, Jesus Our Standard. He's our standard. He's the one that we model ourselves after. Uh, there's an old chorus that we've sang throughout the years uh, many of you recognize it. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know how long ago it's been written, but it's to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. All I ask to be like Jesus, to be like Him, all through life's journey from earth to glory. All I ask is to be like Him. He's our role model. He, he's the one that we seek to be to be like. Is to be like Jesus. Um, when Jesus told his disciples to follow me, it was more than just the following around him throughout the countryside. But follow me was a way of living, it was a, a lifestyle that they have not had. It was a new destiny that was lying before them. What they thought they had planned for their life was totally changed when Jesus came onto the scene. Uh, during the time Jesus taught them the word, uh, taught them by word and by example, how they live their lives in a manner which was pleasing to the father. I can imagine those that were fishermen were actually pretty rough people. And it's not what somebody you would think would have been chosen, but God chose these different men from different lives and different backgrounds. And, um. And he taught them. Romans 12.1 says, "Tells us to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service." How we learn to live our lives holy and acceptable to God is by the Word and the study of the life of Christ. Jesus is our model; He is our standard today. Uh, small kids—they use their parents as role models. Uh, you got to be really careful. So they will pick up everything that you don't want them to pick up from you. Um, they act like the parents. They say what the parents say. Uh, again, this can be good or bad. Um, what traits do you not want your kids to have? <laughs> You're their role model. They'll be like you. Um Children will take on their parents' worst traits. Parents must set a standard for themselves before they can even set a standard for their children. If you don't want your child to swear, well, you better not swear in front of of them. If you don't want your child to smoke, you better not be smoking around them. The old saying, do as I say, not as I do, does not work. Uh, They will do... They will do what you do before they do what you say. That's how children are. Mankind as a whole is looking for someone to follow. Someone to imitate. Someone to be a hero. We look out throughout the entertainment uh, system and we look at those that are in sports and boy, people just flock after them. They don't look at what how of lives they live. It seems like that doesn't matter. They could have a cruddy life. They could just be uh, really into uh, bad morals. They could be into uh, into drugs. But people look up to them for the things that they can do. Boy, they're really a good actor or an actress, or they're really a good football player. It doesn't matter their lifestyle. It doesn't matter what they believe or what they do not believe. They are people's heroes. Many times morality does not matter to them. People still accept them as their heroes. We've got a very perverse nation right now. Ethics does not matter. Integrity does not matter. It is what they are on the field or in the theater is what counts. They may play the perfect person on screen or may make all the right plays, but it doesn't matter what they are in real life. People accept them as their role models. They accept them as their um, heroes. Well, as a Christian, who do you imitate? Who do you look up to? Ephesians 5, verse 1 therefore, be imitators of God as your children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. We are to imitate Jesus Christ. We are to imitate God and, and, and His principles and, and His standards of living. That's what we are to do as a Christian. Christ is our example. First Peter 1, verse 15 and 16 says, But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. We are to live a holy life before God and before man. They need to see God in you. Some people will take the low road but we as Christians we must take the high road. Others will choose the broad way, but we Christians we must choose the narrow way. God's standard for our life has not changed. What he says in his word yesterday, he still means today, and it will be the same tomorrow. Jesus will not change, he Cannot change. What was sin yesterday will be sin today, and will be sin tomorrow. First Peter two nine says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. King James says peculiar people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Titus two fourteen says, who gave himself for us that we might redeem that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. We are not to be ordinary people. We're not to be like this world is. We're supposed to be extraordinary. Um up there in First Peter two nine it talks about that Um, We've been redeemed and we're purified. We're chosen of God. We're royal priesthood. Royalty does not live by standards of ordinary people. What is standard for somebody else in this world is not the same for the royalty, for the royal priesthood. In both those scriptures, he calls about his own special people. Second Corinthians six sixteen through 18 tells us, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. First of all, we're the temple of the living God. God dwells within us. You know, that's a pretty heavy statement. God Almighty. Maker of this universe, the Creator, has taken residence within us. The Word said that He would dwell in us and walk among us. That's a very close relationship that we should have with our Father. It's a place of, of place of prominence. Of high standing with God. Verse 17 says come out from among them and be separate. Who is them? Them are the people who love darkness more than light. We're to separate ourselves from them. Them are the people who live contrary to the word of God. Or to separate ourselves from them. Corinthians six fourteen tells us do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? The light of God is within you. What fellowship do we have those that are in darkness? That brings up a question. Does that mean we avoid unbelievers? Do we walk away from them? Nah. Acts twenty six, verse seventeen and eighteen says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people uh, as well as from the Gentiles. He will deliver you out of this world. That's what he's trying to tell us right there. He will deliver you and he will deliver me out of this world. But then he says, to whom I will, I now send you. To the one that he delivers us out of, he's going to send us right back to him To be a witness, to minister unto them. He has delivered us out of this world. But now he sends us right back into the world to win the lost. To whom I send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. God has no desire that anyone should perish. That we are to separate ourselves from this world and the and the desires of this world and the uh, uh, the corruptness of this world, so that He can send us right back into it, that we can win the lost. Second Corinthians six seventeen also tells us: "says Do not touch what is unclean." God's standard still remains unchanged tonight. The world offers much enjoyment in the flesh. The enemy surrounds the things of this world with bright lights, a lot of pomp, a lot of fanfare. Boy, he really likes the glitter to show. He shows all these young people that are are just partaking in everything that is unholy and they like to brighten it up and, and trying to show how good these things are. He allures unsuspected people, that's unbelievers as well as Christians both, into his snare. He entices by displaying young, good looking men and women, partaking of all he has to offer, exhibiting great enjoyment and loose morals. We also we allow these things into our spirit by the things we allow through our eyes and our ears. It affects you. It affects me. When we look at these things and and we dabble in these things, it will affect you. Psalms 101, verse 3 and 4 says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall depart from me and I will not know wickedness. Are we allowing these saints before our eyes? Do we allow ourselves to gaze upon these saints? The more you look at them, the more it's just going to kind of penetrate and get into your spirit and get into your heart. Again, we're talking about being being like Jesus tonight. It's up to us. The devil made me do it is not an excuse. The devil gets blamed for a lot of things. He has nothing to do with but he gets all the credit for it. We make our decisions by our own choice. We choose the standards that we live by in the light of the Word. A problem in many churches and Christians today is that the things once considered sin is no longer thought of as sin. Again, we're talking about a standard of living before God. The standard of holiness has been lowered. Now I'm talking to the church. Now, the belief that once saved, always saved has escalated. Oh, I'm a Christian. I can do these things. It does not affect me. It does not affect my relationship with God. Wrong. It does affect you. It does affect you. Many Christians, they believe that one can continue to sin just because Christ has forgiven them. Oh, I'm forgiven. It's okay if I do it now. God's already forgiven me. Forgive me all of my sins that I'm going to do. A lot of people believe that. I was thinking, you know, we get so close to the things of this world. And when we first say we, we set a, a standard, Of living and here's a line that I draw right here I will not go past that line now the problem is a lot of people they go right up to the line as far as they can get but they draw this line but before you know it I draw this line here now that doesn't matter anymore and before you know it they draw another line and then they draw another line. Where are the standards that we once had? Where do we get the belief that it's all right to change these things? God has not changed whatsoever. His word has not changed whatsoever. What was truth up here. It's still truth right here. He does not change. The standard of living that He has set before us has not changed. But we change our standard of living. We change what we feel is acceptable or not now. I think we as Christians, as a church, we need to examine ourselves. Where we stand in God. Are we Appear still, are we still doing exactly what we always said that we believed? Or have we took a step down? Or another step? Or another step? We must examine ourselves. Romans 6, verse 1 and 2 says... What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now we're talking about the one saved always saved. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? It's time to separate ourselves from the things of this world. Sin is sin. No matter what do you think about it or anyone else says, sin is sin. If our standards do not measure up to the Word of God, it is sin. If there is something in your life the Holy Spirit once convicted you of as sin, it's still sin today. And I want to ask you, Has God says, you shouldn't do this. This is wrong. But you stepped away from that conviction and you stepped right back into that miry pit that God took you out of. It's still sin. God doesn't change His mind. A few years ago, there were some bracelets and necklaces with the letters WWJD. Who knows what that means? That's it. The things you do, the things you participate in, the places you go, the conversations you have, would you feel comfortable inviting Jesus to join in with you? If you wouldn't be comfortable with Jesus there, you're not where you're supposed to be. Again, we talk about a standard of living, a standard of holiness before God. Jesus will never lower his standards. Tonight, are you willing to raise yours where it needs to be tonight? We are to be like Jesus. The world and all its litter has nothing for us but destruction. Jesus is our standard. He's our example. We need a purpose in our heart to be like him. I tell you what, I preached to myself a lot when I was preparing for tonight. It's not a fun subject, if you know what I mean. But it really stirred my heart. But I have seen some seen some things that just really bothers my heart. Where Christians have lowered their standards. And it's okay for them. And I have to believe that it just kind of grieves the Holy Spirit when God's people does that. It's a very short message. But I felt like it was pretty loaded as it was. Allow God to reconfirm those things in your life that needs to be confirmed again. Let Him speak to your heart in some of the things that we participate in. Now, I know I'm speaking to the choir. This may not affect anybody here. If nobody else I know it affects me. Give yourself totally and completely to God. Don't allow the things of this world to deceive you. And to draw you into its fold. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. All I ask is to be like Him. All through life's journey from earth to glory. All I ask is to be like Him. For God, that is the desire of my heart. Lord, forgive me for the areas I've been lax in. But I ask you, Lord, that you would speak to each and every one of us individually. May the Holy Spirit enlighten our spirit to the things where we left down, let down the standard that you set before us. I ask, Lord God, that you would just forgive us, oh God, and may we get once again grounded back on the Word of God to live a holy life, one that's holy and acceptable unto you. Or that we can be a people, Lord God, that's the royal priesthood, a holy nation that we're to be, Lord God. God, I thank you for your patience with us. I thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Lord, your word says that judgment starts in the house of God. Lord, may we be judged as a holy people unto you. May we be judged, Lord God, holy and acceptable. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you. Lord, I pray your blessings upon your people tonight. I ask, Lord God, that you would just... uh, I pray peace upon their home and their family, Lord. And I pray for blessings, Lord God. You're such a great God. You love us so much. You gave all. How can we give less, Lord? I love you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.